check this place out. Fancy. <clears throat> yes. Good afternoon. How may I assist you? Yeah. I was told by the Transmutation Magic front office that I could come here to see a guy named Professor Ferguson. Is that you? Yes, I am Professor Ferguson. And you are? Shaft. Hey, I only have a few minutes here. I gotta go back to the Learning Center and hook up with some fr um, associates. But uh, what I need is somebody to help me out with the spell I've been working on, uh, uh, Flaming Arrows. It's, it just doesn't seem to be working the way I think it should. Of course. But before I do, could you tell me what happened last time on the Incorrigible Party? Uh, yeah. That sounds like a fair trade. Swiftly making their way into the mountains with Shaft as their guide, the party finds the abandoned orc settlement magically marked on their map by the amulet of Kalar. Approaching cautiously and stealthily, they soon discover the settlement to be inhabited by a large number of basilisks. Petrified Niyogi and their thralls decorating the snowy camp and serving as their preserved meals. Well done, Shaft. It looks like you've mastered it. But I will caution you. You can only maintain focus on one such spell at a time. Casting another spell requiring your full attention will dispel the flaming arrows. What do you mean? That's not true. I you can concentrate on more than one thing. I, I do it all the time. <laughs> I assure you, you cannot. Masters of the Arcane have tried for millennia and have not attained the ability to cast two such spells at one time. What are you talking about? You mean these guys can't figure out how to... Think about two things at one time? I mean, what if you have a Jolvi song stuck in your head? You know, you're, you're, you're singing it and along and you're going, Ah, I sure would like to go get a nice alebender stout. I mean, you could keep both of those things in your head at one time. Well, that's not exactly the... Uh, I mean, surely it's not much of a leap to think that if I mark somebody for death with a spell, I can't also think that I can kill them with the flaming arrows. Well, Shaft, it doesn't work like that. You, you Wait, see, let me let me cut you off right there, Professor. I, I obviously have offended you. I'm I'm sorry. I, as you know, I'm a novice at this stuff, and you know nobody told me I couldn't do it, so I just didn't know any better. But so far be it for me to argue about uh, how spells work, right? Um, but I do appreciate what you've done. I've got to get back to the adventure. Can I dismiss him? Yeah, if you want to dismiss him, absolutely. Yeah, just. Poof, he's gone. So I don't have to watch that. So but he's dead now, right? So if I want him back, I have to do the one hour, ten minute register casting. That's right. <sighs> Sparky is gone. Oh, I'm sorry, Shakara. I guess we stay hidden until like give Shaft as much time as possible to clear out the camp. We cannot move right now. They might see us. How big are they? Are they full-grown? They are about five feet long, I think. Oh, goodness. So there's multiple of these we're going to have to deal with. I see three. Shaft said there was one in the tent near us. Do we know about the one in the tent north of us? He has, Or did he, like, did you signal to us? I think I gave you the on uh, that one. That would have been within sight of all of you. Uh, so, yeah, Shaft could have given, given a signal like, Ugh! What in here? <laughs> so that makes at least five. 
Right, we stay still until we hear fighting, until they come at us, or we hear Shaft fighting. Just give them more time. I think after seeing that one farther up north, I would head back to sort of grab everybody and, and try to drag them along, right? Uh, so I'd like to make my way back to them. Are these things nocturnal? I, I'm not sure, Shakara. No idea. Do you want me to give you any kind of roll or anything to go yeah, back? Yeah, you, you can give me a stealth to get back. And it does appear like where you are, you're like on the eastern edge of, of the settlement. So like kind of the, you're on the outskirts of it, right? You're checking the outskirts. Uh, and of course, like I had mentioned before, these some of these tents are the ones that are in the in the, in the the most disrepair. Uh, it's a 38 again. <laughs> okay. I don't know why I get you to bother rolling. Wow. <laughs> yeah, why bother? One of these times he's going to roll a one. <laughs> yeah, well, even then I think it's like But even then he's 17 like 20. Or yeah. <laughs> 18. It's an 18. If I... So, yeah, I want to get back down and sort of go, you know, the one up in the north, the farthest one. There's one on the other side of this tent. That one's safe. This one here, though, you got to be, whoa, whoa, what's those blue lights over there? There are three over there. They killed Sparky, so we're hiding. Oh, which way are they going? I don't know. We hid from sight. Are they nocturnal? Shaft would know. I would think they're... I think they'd be more in caves, so they would probably be... You know, I'd say... I think they can get around well at night, for sure. I was just curious as to when they would go to sleep. If we could wait them out. Well, I... I think they were sleeping. Apparently, your uh, your little buddy woke him up. Any sign of the gauntlets? No. But we still have a whole other side of the camp. Yeah, we gotta go west. That's where they are. We could go up north, but we're gonna be passing this one that's got one in it. If we go back around south, we might have a better path. We'll follow you, Shaft. So I'm going to head back down to where we originally came in to the camp, and we know that uh, a couple of those tents down there were safe. So to go all the way down south and sort of head over as far west until we hit something we don't, we're not really sure about. Uh, and if you wanted to, uh, to act in an abundance of caution, you could move like further west, further away from the actual settlement, and then... Similar to how you avoided the the tracks of the Niyogi Forest, just make a bit of a loop and come like over, down, and around, back up north, right? That makes sense. I think I would probably do that. Go sort of go out and then come in from the other another angle. Right, right, okay. And now we want to continue moving like northwest, then. Yes. Sparky checked these before he was taken. So they're good. Yes. At least this one I know. What about that one over there, right next to it? I am not sure. Okay. And I work my way up towards that tent and try to look in. And we'll hang back at the tent we know is safe. <laughs> wow. Another 38. That's three crits stealth checks in a row. Okay, what is the lowest you could possibly get for a stealth with Bass Without Trace? 18. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's no longer a need for you to make... <laughs> to avoid because I mean you know that you're creeping around what looked to be sleeping basilisk so with uh, with that <laughs> minimum yeah that far exceeds the DC you need to, to beat 
All right, so I'm gonna to continue to walk around the encampment. And when I find there's a safe one, like where the two tents that I'm standing next to now, I will go back, grab them, sort of walk them up to that area, and we'll sort of work our way around the camp. I mean, we could roll bad, badly, but... Yes, anytime the, the entire party moves, um, you'll be making stealth, absolutely. So... Again, moving further north. Now you're on kind of the, the northwestern edge of the settlement. More, just more petrified Neogi and Umber Hulks and Orcs. So you're going to check the immediate the immediate tents. So intense. Yes. I was thinking that. I was like, how do I make an intense joke? Ba- Basilis <laughs> is intense. So you find that from where the party is holed up against the adjoining tents... There's one further to the left and one kind of more northeast to the right, both of which have sleeping basilisks inside. So what's the count to now that we're aware of? Is that five? Seven. Because two are still walking around? Three are. Okay. Three walking around and four sleeping. Yes, and in fact, it does appear that a, a fourth set of eyes have, have joined the three that are kind of milling about. So there's eight. Unless one woke up. Mm. Gee whiz, that's a lot of basilisk. We best keep sneaky sneaking in. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's head. Uh, do you guys want to try to come up to where I am? It's up to I you to guess. wave us over there. I'm going to probably head up to this tent. Um, north, because that one has a basilisk in it, so I don't want to move them closer to that. So I'm going to try to go across. Um, and I assume these um, Neogi and Umberhawks that I'm passing are all turned to stone. That's correct, yeah. So in a way, we should be grateful to the basilisk for taking care of all these creatures for us. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. You do find another empty tent. And these ones that are walking around, where are they located relative to me? Just be where the again the way some of the tents are are arranged, uh, you don't have a direct line of sight to all of them uh, from from where you are. So these these eyes that glow blue, they they come on. They look like little faraway lantern type of things, and then they go out, and then they appear someplace else. That kind of thing. No, no. Okay, they, you just I just see them moving around out on the outskirts of the camp. Yeah, again, be, be, because they're outside of your range of vision, all you can make out are the lights. Right, 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 right. Okay, uh, I'll move over to the tent furthest to the west. I'll wave them, uh, wave Shakara could see me, so I'll sort of wave her over to the tent that I just checked. Uh, without coming back to get us, to give us the advantage of your... Oh, that's a good point. Stealth? Yeah, I will move back. Good point. I'll go back and say, follow me. All right, then uh, all the the party can give me give me a stealth. And remember, when we when we move as a unit, we take kind of a group stealth, which we've done throughout the campaign. Uh, with Shaft's bonus, Shakara has a twenty three. Uh, adjusted twenty for Falsey. Fourteen for Mia. The fourteen is technically a fail, but again, that was only one fail in the bunch of you. I'm a single fail. <laughs> Pass without trace, just coming in, coming in clutch here, and you, yeah, Shaft is like pointing out the tents that are that have a basilisk inside. You, you can move up to 
the northmost empty one that uh, Shabt has checked. And yeah, the rest of you kind of moving next to the, the, the petrified umber hulks. Again, many of them, again, still with, like missing pieces of them. Uh, they've just like been snapped off by these uh, basilisks. Okay, one to the one to the west. I, I am looking to see if there's a basilisk in there, but I'm also seeing if there's an arm with a gauntlet on it, maybe. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You didn't clarify you were looking no, for a gauntlet this whole I'm time. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> You're going to have yeah. to do another I gotta loop. go all back around. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so would, are you going to want to basically, like, check all the north northern tents here before returning? Yeah. So there's, uh, looks like there's about five or so, inc- or six including the one you just checked and confirmed is empty. And you can prance about uh, coming up close to the end of this path without a trace here. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> but you can get this cluster of tents here. So we're, we've been sort of sneaking around here for close to an hour. And yeah, whatever you show me. I have nothing to here. show for it. Yes, you're right. Uh, well... We have a lot to show for it. Just... We know exactly where not to go. <laughs> yeah. And we're, we are checking every opportunity to see where these gauntlets may be. So far, there's nothing in this uh, encampment that we saw that sort of alludes to anything coming up from the ground or any uh, that we've seen so far. Just like piles of rocks, yeah. I mean, there's a buttload of these... Yogi and Umberhawks around. So, uh, correct. As you're moving, as you're moving forward, more, more north. So it looks like only like in one of six of these, kind of on on uh, the western edge here, you find another slumbering one. And, and the rest of you, from your position too, kind of uh, keeping an eye on on the, on the the bouncing pairs of eyes. It does look like they have gone out now. You can't see them anymore as well. Hmm. Because they went back to sleep, I'm sure. Yeah, Shakara, though, still within uh, your dark vision range, you you have witnessed them like move back into a tent after they've kind of been roused by Sparky's intrusion, and it does yes, it does look like they've they've perhaps gone back into to sleep. I think they went back to sleep. Also within Shakara's range, and now Shafts, as he's explored further north, you do find what looks like to be a a main tent, and the tent this tent is significantly larger than anything else, any of the other tents that you've kind of been been poking into. Uh, about 40 or so feet north of that large, like, central hearth and, and kind of fire fire pit. Uh, the other thing that Shaft uh, has made out here further north, more petrified orcs up here as well, but it does look like on the the back of, of this tent, a, there, it looks like there's, there's like burn marks on it, like a circular burn mark on the rear wall of it and peering like you can make you can look and peer and see a straight line to a a hole on the roof like as if something has pierced through the roof at an angle kind of down to the wall and following that trajectory there is looks like a a a hole in the ground a pit Hmm. so when i see this i'll go back uh sneak back to everybody and go i think I think I know where it came out. Behind that big tent there. Yes, I see. Like a pit. Okay, let me let me go check it out. I'll I'll be right back. Take us with you. Ah, uh, and I look over at Mia and go, uh, "She's a little loud." Did you see any of them up there? Any of the creatures? She's loud too. Shh. Went to Chicago. 
Uh, <laughs> I'll say, no, I didn't, I didn't see anything, but... We would be safer up that way, then. Okay, stick close. I'm right behind you. Walking, uh, sort of go up to where these Neogi, stone Neogi are, and, you know, walk up there, sort of stick behind them, look around a little bit, listen, and then move on until I make it all the way to the large tent. It, with them in tow. Okay. Yeah, right behind. Everybody can make me a stealth. 15 for Mia. Oh, shoot, I thought that was a 5. It's a 15. I'm good. So that is... 27. 19 for Falsey. That's why he pointed at me. And as I, <laughs> as we get up there, I look back at Shakar and go, I think my spell's gonna end soon. Then it's better we're away from those creatures. I shake my head, yes. As I did. Here on the recording. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you want to proceed to the pit? Yep. Into the pit. Or not into the pit. To the pit! I, I assume everybody's in tow behind me. Yes, I am following you to the pit. And I'm going to take a look. Does it look like the ground, something has came out of the ground and, and thrown dirt all around? And then, uh, you know, something exited this pit and then went into the tent or the other way around? Like it came through the top of the tent and entered the, made the pit. Doesn't look like there's an, uh, any excess of of dirt or displaced dirt around uh, this this pit, but a, a layer, more like a, it's just a layer of ice that actually surrounds surrounds it, and like this frozen uh, waterfall is kind of formed over the edges, uh, long like thin icicles kind of hang in, inside of it. Is there anything in the pit, and how deep is the pit, and how wide is the pit? <laughs> Peering over the side. Only Shakara, with her dark vision, can see the bottom of it. Does look like to be roughly a hundred feet down. Uh, wow. A little difficult to make out what's at the bottom, but there's something down there. It looks like something that's kind of bundled up and, and almost like half buried. Uh, the pit itself is less than a ten by ten. It's fairly narrow, and there is a, there is a, a slant to it as well. That's deep, man. Shaft, go see what's in there. I can't even see the bottom. Just go. You're fine. Give me your rope. It's it's only 50 feet. I think we're going to have to tie some rope end to end. Yes, and I'll start tying rope together. Well, I don't even know if there's anything down there. I can see it. There's a bundle down there. Here, take a this. Bun a bundle? Yeah, and I'll start tying the rope around your waist. I, I put my arms up so she can put her, put her around my waist. Mia, hold the other end. Wait. Wait, what are, what's the plan here? Are you just dropping me in? Yes. Hurry, before they all wake up, your spell's gonna end. Oh, shh, okay. I get over on the side of the, the hole and sort of, you know, like I'm repelling down a mountain and uh, go down. Shaft goes, shaft goes down the hole. <laughs> As you're repelling down, as the shaft enters the hole. As you're repelling. <laughs> We have penetration, folks. <laughs> I'm just going to put the tip in it first, and then I'm going to say, how's everybody feeling right this now? This is another example of a blooper where Bill just smiles, and he doesn't get included in the blooper. Because... Plausible deniability. Okay, so massage the hole. So it's like it's like hot dog down a hallway kind of thing. Going with the shaft, because the hole is very large. The shaft is very small. Yeah. Now, average for a, a man of his size, but in relation to the 
Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll jiggle around as much as I can to make sure I hit all the sides. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it's, all about, it's all about the motion of the ocean. Not, not That's the right, right. It's all about Your the name angle. was born for this moment. You quickly get past where the ice has formed over inside of the pit, and you're, 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 as you're repelling your, your feet there, it's not dirt. Uh, it, it, it's stone. The walls of, of this pit, the whole way down, is like a, a solid rock, and it's clear that something is has like carved into this this rock, and you get to the bottom, right at the end of of the rope, and can set on the ground, and at your feet there's like a, a cloth bundle, like burlap bundle. Okay, I will sort of assess its size and and then sort of I mean does it seem like it's warm any anything odd about this or does it just look like a burlap bundle it just looks like a very mundane burlap covering uh, over like if you were to pick it like you could easily it's easily hold it right so that's what I'll do I'll pick it up in the bundle sort of assess its weight is it heavy is uh, they, yeah, it feels fairly heavy, but as you pick it up, uh, it's clear like metal-on-metal metal contact kind of noises uh, as the items within are, are shifting around. Mia, pull him up. He has it. Wait, wait, wait. And I'll open it up. And it does contain a pair of solid gold gauntlets. And even in the complete darkness, they still have this, this sheen to them. This uh, this perfection almost uh, in both their craft and condition. We start pulling you up. Okay, before oh, yeah. they, I'll I see put, that sheen and I'm on it. I'll put them in my bag of holding so I don't drop them and have to do this again, and then grab onto the rope so they're not just yanking me up on my waist. Yeah, get out. Let's get out of here. Gotta be quiet. I'll, I'll ride them up. Ride it up. And uh, Mia and uh, Shakara pull you to the top of the pit. Let's get back to Buttercup and get out of here before Samuel turns the tower on. Yes, let's. So, I have one left, one spell slot left for Pass Without a Trace. So I will recast that. Dang. Clutch. Shaft, where could we go to rest? I'm, get, I'm too tired to go back now. Uh, we can get we can get about a mile down, out of the camp. Let's get a good distance here. Yeah, for sure. Follow me. And I'm going to take the path, um, pretty much try to go straight through the middle of the encampment. Uh, there's a couple smaller tents that we've checked that don't have any, or I, I guess these tents we didn't check, did we? Uh, yeah, there are still a number of them on the eastern edge of the encampment that have, have yet to be uh, checked. In addition to the the large central main tent, if you go head start try, if you start heading towards the middle, I will say, the basilisks that woke up, they're in those middle tents. Okay, so what I think I'll try to do is head directly east, uh, sort of the northeasterly direction, because there's very few tents there, and one of them I know doesn't have a basilisk in it. So, I think we'll try to move up towards the one directly east of where we stand. I'll follow him. Uh, give me some stealth here. I mean, there may be other stuff inside those tents, but I don't. I think we can't got what we came for. 18 for Falzarin. 22. 
twenty. All right, you you can make it to the eastern edge of of the settlement. Awesome. I think as soon as we get sort of outside of the the encampment area, sort of get some find some cover behind some trees and everything, and say, uh, "All right, get your uh, where's your horse." I will telepathically call Buttercup to me. Buttercup is able is able to to just know where you are. Within a mile, I can talk to her. Okay, what are you? What instructions are you going to give her? Go around the edge of the camp and come towards us. It's about one point six kilometers. <laughs> I don't know how far that is. The war horses don't understand metrics. Does not compute. War horses don't understand much. All right. <laughs> I will. She's I got will a six take, intelligence. I will take those instructions to be good enough for me not to get to petrify another one of your pets. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you are just waiting for Buttercup before doing anything, then, obviously. you're. Yes. Yeah, because I think as soon as uh, the Buttercup gets there, we're going to mount up and take off, right? Get some distance. Okay, which, uh, what direction are you going to be moving? The the thought is to get out of the range of the tower, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. So which direction would that be for us? More northerly yeah. direction? Yes, it would be like northwesterly uh, or north. You know, in north, you may have to go a little further north. Uh, but so this, remember, the settlement was about four miles from the tower. So you got to move, you got to move just over two miles to get out of its area of effect. Okay. So I think we'd head north initially till we're, we got a pretty good distance away from the camp and then head out to the northwest. Yeah. Making sure we get, you know, what I feel is a good distance away so we're outside of the range. Which way did Samuel say he was going to be when he went in? He, They're going to be moving from your position, like, southwest, essentially. Okay, so if we went around northwest and then came back around west-south, we'd be eventually meeting him. <laughs> or southwest. <laughs> no, west-south. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> That's right. Yes, yeah, so you 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 could find you could find a position uh, outside of the effects of the tower to like camp for the night, and then in the morning, uh, skirt the radius of the tower and move in like a south direction. I know. I feel like Mia would even stay awake to be sure that the blue light's not hitting us before we fall asleep, type thing. Like that's how. Sure. <laughs> yeah. No, like you fall asleep in the blue light, you're so screwed. We're not attuned to anything yet. We'll need to take watch, right? Take turns watching. Definitely. Tiny hut? No huts? Come on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but still. Both. Did we talk long enough for Buttercup to come to us? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Buttercup's here. Wow, that was great. <laughs> oh, hey, Buttercup. So are we going to be far enough in that we are uh, farther north than the southernmost big mountain? I forget which one that was. I think... Uh... So essentially, the, the small unnamed peak that you are on... By moving another two miles, you kind of have the choice of moving farther in elevation or basically moving like around this little peak because the peak itself is not uh, not very tall. It's only about a mile and a half high. So even if you went to the tip of it, you'd still be within the effects of the tower. So you kind of do have to go around and or up and over, I suppose, to, to, to make the distance. I just wondered when we ultimately, like tomorrow, start heading west to then go south, are we going to have to scale one of the three, like, really big mountains? Uh, Mignard, that's what it is. No, no, that's that's much further west still. Okay, okay. So we won't need to go up and over that one. 
did Samuel allude to where on the map he would end up being? Yeah, like it's not going to be a, a problem for you all to to find. Also, he said like they're they're set, they're essentially setting up another front line for the paladins, right? Uh, which which is ultimately going to be like right at the edge of the tower's influence. So they have this, you know, protective area behind them, kind of at their back to to uh, embolden or, or at least have a place to retreat to if needed. So, so we're gonna go north, camp, get up. And they go where we need to go. Shaft knows the direction, and he's not paying attention to any of these other doofuses. They can either stay within the distance of me or not. Right. I need a long rest so bad right now. That's the plan. So I think we get, we, we travel out, and this is sort of a, a clear night with, you know, sort of the, the stars out, you said, and everything was sort of clear. So I think we go find a, a place that's sort of, covered up, you know, in the trees, any grouping of trees that we can put a tiny hut in and, and try to get a night's sleep. Okay. Uh, yes, you can basically, again, sir- kind of circumnavigate this peak and you kind of end up almost on the o- opposite side of it. And you can descend an elevation kind of on the other side of this. And, and yeah, you are able to find a bit of a bit of that same tree line that kind of runs around the mountains. And so, Falzer, you you want to throw up a throw up a tiny hut? You found a, a seemingly suitable place for a night's rest. Yeah, I think so. Does it come with a fireplace? It doesn't, but I think it does say that it's comfortable within it. Mm, mm-hmm. That's nice. So it provides us some protection from the elements. You will sleep. I will take first watch. Yes, I think that's a good idea, Shakara. We should definitely keep watch. This is dangerous dangerous uh, terrain around here if you see an umber hulk let me know i'm going to take a look at these gauntlets uh as i'm sitting there not trying to attune to them but get a good understanding of what they look like and you know maybe show falls in and say uh you know do some do some detect magic on these things to see if there's anything that samuel wasn't telling us about them Ooh, i want to stay awake to see this or identify i should say we should attune to our cutes you guys Yet during my watch, that is what I will do. I will uh, take off my ring of mind shielding and attune to my cube. Do we plan to go back into the blue zone? Just in case. We have to. Don't we? No, we're going to meet Samuel outside of the, the zone. There's no telling what will happen tomorrow. It's probably not a bad idea. I, I agree. Uh, I guess... I will attune to the cube and I will remove my attunement to the shackles of shackling. Falzern's going to um, give up his attunement to the cap of casting that he's been using for a very long time. Should I really attune to this, guys? I'm pretty strong. I can handle a bit of being tired. You do as you see fit. No, I'll, uh, I'll ponder on that thought until my watch. So, Falzerin, can you do identify and uh, on these gauntlets? Yeah, I can. Shaft, give me my sword. Here, let me see if I can find it here. Uh, uh, yeah, it must have fell out of the bag. I don't have it. Ah, uh, very funny. Oh, wait, you, here it is. Wait, it's not... Are we calling it your sword now? I have until been. Until Samuel sees it. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. 
I mean, if he sees it, he's we're gonna have to say we got it off the doppelgangers. He is not here right now, is he? Nope. I hand it to you. Okay, so Falzern once Lehman's tiny hut is up. Uh, before he starts to take his rest, he will try to identify these gauntlets and see what he can learn about them. Much like the amulet itself, they look to be completely comprised of, of gold, like as if they've just been cast from, from solid gold. Uh, they do... Th like, these pieces, they look... They're ornate, essentially only because of what they're crafted of. Uh, and again, how they always look like they're brand new. But there's no, there's no real like uh, design to them, right? That they're very, they're very almost utilitarian. They're, they're quite function, right? Functional. Uh, but you do uncover the abilities of, of these gauntlets. So, like Samuel had alluded to, they are able to emit uh, elemental blasts from the hands. When you're attuned to them, you can use the uh, an action to basically blast with both hands, which your hands do need to be empty to do so. Uh, but you make two attack rolls, so it's kind of like uh, two beams, like if you were to Aldrich Blast. But you make it with a plus 10 ranged attack bonus to a single target of 120 feet. Uh, you can choose a different target for each, for each hand. Uh, and while emitting the blast for each hand, you can choose what type of damage you would like to inflict between poison, fire, cold, acid, lightning, or thunder. Each hand deals 4d6 plus 10 of the chosen type damage. And you can use those, uh, like the amulet, three times per long rest. So I will convey that to anyone who's still awake. Explain kind of what I've learned about the gauntlets. Uh, they certainly seem to be quite powerful and versatile. Quite impressive. Yeah. Yeah, not surprised. Dang. Okay, I put him back in the bag. Let's keep him safe till we can give him to Sammy. And I sort of lay back on my bedroll and you know, kick my boots off and close my eyes. Wake me up in the morning. Wake you up for your watch, yes. Well, sh uh, Shaft, yeah, I, I think we all need to, to take a watch. I roll over. Falls, <laughs> I'll wake you next. Okay. Sounds oh, good. that means I'll have to wake up Shaft, dang it. Falzern, please wake up Shaft. Yeah, I can I can have Shaft take watch after me. That's fine. Man. Can you guys be quiet? I'm trying to get some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Be safe, Shakara. All right, first watch. Could you make me a perception check, please? Ah, 25. Natural 20. All right, your, your watch uh, in, into the night... Seems to be uneventful, though I'm not sure, uh, I mean, this far north in the mountains, uh, I know for sure Shakara has never spent too much time here. So I think the sounds uh, just of of the the ambient sounds of, of, the, of your surroundings are just a little different and maybe take you a bit to get accustomed to just the, the you know, the, the odd snapping of, of branches under weight of snow uh, on some of the trees. Um, I mean, the sound of that snow hitting, you know, impacting as well, uh, unfamiliar, but you're able to ascertain exactly what, you know, where the noises are coming from and kind of maybe give you a bit of a, a, a brief kind of spook or a, a, like, oh, something's there. But clearly 
just kind of the the the, the nature around you. Next watch, Falzrin. Can roll me perception as well. Uh oh. Falzrin's perception is three. <laughs> Good. Might as well have just Great. kept sleeping, Falzern. <laughs> it's better than Shafts will be when he's asleep. Falzern, there, there, <laughs> there's nothing else that you want to sp- specifically do during your watch. I guess, sorry, I didn't ask Shakara. Like, Shakara, are you going to maybe want to spend your watch recalling Sparky or redoing redoing that? Or anything else? Uh, So, be an hour to attune to the cube. Right. And then it would be an hour and ten minutes. Uh, if I am doing that with Sparky, am I still having that high of a perception for what's going on around me? Uh, not really. I think I would wait, uh, just for concern of how many Neogi we saw at the camp. I would, uh, after getting attuned to the cube out of necessity, I would wait on Sparky so that I can pay attention to what's going on. Okay, great. So... Sorry, Mia, you had said that you maybe wanted to have waited for the activation of the tower before actually settling into... Is that true for all of you? Like, do you want to basically, once you see that, once the tower goes up, then you can settle in and and do your watches here? Part of me just wants to be sure that we're outside the reach, like 100%. That's that's fine. I assume the Falls is still putting up the hut, you know, the second you're settling down. So it's it's only, let's see... You would have to wait uh, about a couple hours. You're pretty quick getting up there, especially on your mounts. So, kind of before we're into our watches here. Uh, from your position on the other side of this mountain, though, in, in, uh, a couple hours after having settled down, uh, of which you can actually do your attunements too while you're all awake uh, as well. So you can kind of take care of that for your watches. But, like, almost like a, a, a spotlight is lighting up, or something that would be as bright as the moon on a clear sky. This blue illumination essentially from like behind your position because you're you're on the other side of this peak now but yes you just see like what looks like a wall of blue and it doesn't quite reach you like natural light does right like if, if it was sunlight you would be awash in it from its source there's clearly a limit and it looks like they're like it, it literally just looks like a wall of blue uh, which you can see into but Still clearly there is, it's like, it's boundaries are demarcated, right? By the, almost by like the the darkness of the night and the blue of this, the effect of the tower. Okay, so we're good. You are good, yeah. So would I have time uh, waiting for this blue light to find familiar? Absolutely, yep. Then I will do so, and I'll call Sparky back. Back to Falzern's watch. Falzern... With your three. Now, was there was there anything you wanted to do? I think Falzern uh, is going to find it hard to resist this new scroll that he has acquired. He would like to try and... I think maybe that's why he's perhaps not doing the greatest job paying attention to the surroundings. He's going to start transcribing that into his spellbook on his watch. Okay, so just take note of how many, you know, how many hours you're putting. You get two hours into uh, the progress on that. While I'm sleeping, Sparky and I are definitely cuddled together. Of course. Of course. Dendar, <laughs> cuddle puddle. Cuddle puddle. Uh, okay, Falzer, and I mean, you, you make your, your two-hour progress and, and uneventful as far as you're concerned. As far as you're concerned. 
What an easy watch. <laughs> <laughs> Just flew by. Mia's next. Well, he, um, heeding Mia's uh, pleas to not have her be the one to wake Shaft, um, Falzern will try and wake Shaft next. So he's going to go over to Shaft. Shaft, it's it's your time to take watch. I don't want the ne- I don't want the next one. Get somebody else. Shaft, come on. We've all got to do it. It's your turn. Come on. We're in the hut. Nothing's going to see us. It's just fine. Well, things can see us in here. I nudge Shaft with my foot. Everybody sounds like everybody else is awake. I you don't need me. Back to sleep. <laughs> all right, I roll over. Sort of sit up for a second. Rub my eyes. All right, go to sleep. I got it. Shaft, you better stay awake. I'm fine. We're all depending on you. Oh, well, yeah, I know. <laughs> no problem. All right. So Falzern will roll over, tuck his spellbook away, and... Uh, Cuddle with it? Get some sleep. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> Falzern's the big spoon. His spellbook's the little spoon. <laughs> Sparky's the big spoon. <laughs> Shaft, you can roll me a perception. That's a 16. Now, unlike unlike the rest of the party, though, you, you are very familiar with, with the sounds, uh, the natural sounds of life in the mountains. And, you know, none of which um, surprises you, right? To, to hear to hear what you're hearing, just, just the weight of snow in the trees, etc. Uh, still, the, the night remains clear and, and bright from the stars. And, of course, the, the blue illumination. And, I don't know, it's difficult to explain like it's not it's obviously not illuminating your area right like it's not you're still relying on your dark vision but it's as it's kind of similar to how you've seen the the fastless eyes in the distance it's like this this object that you can clearly make out from like miles away right Hmm. what strikes you as being odd though is the the lack of like animal noises uh they're still nocturnal animals and nocturnal life on the surface of the mountains. None of which you've really encountered since approaching the abandoned settlement and making it, like, making camp here. So there definitely seems to be a, an, an absence a absence of activity here amongst these peaks. Okay, so I, I find this odd, but is, uh... Hmm. Can I surmise anything basically because of the, I think it's the well the tower just got turned on so it's not going to be the tower because we haven't heard anything since we left like you said right so like the animals have been driven away do I feel like they're you know like birds and things like that I don't hear anything any any kind of noises like that that's right yeah I think uh, kind of noticing this paired with you know the knowledge you have of the basilis, basilis, and how strange it is. Like essentially, those basilis have they've moved they moved into that settlement, right, and took over the the shelter there. Uh, which again, they're more accustomed to actually more accustomed to 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 kind of warmer climates and being underground. So clearly, something is is like you say, either driving life away or. or doing something else to it, you know? I don't feel like these basilisks have been going around and turning all these animals to stone and, and all that. I, doesn't, 
because we would have seen like creatures and things. So it's not not anything like that. Just everything sort of exited, like when we talked about Goldem, and they said that the animals were being driven from the forest. I feel like this is probably the same type of thing. Um, you're you're correct in saying that, like, if it was a result of of this this band of basilisks being in the area that you would find signs, again, like, of petrified animals and their petrified prey. I mean, even in the camp, uh, those the, the, the piles of rubble, like, clearly those are finished meals of the basilisk, right? Like, the stone creatures that have been consumed there, and that's just the scraps left over. So, yeah, you haven't seen anything like that outside of the, the settlement. Well, I'd, I'll keep that in mind and sort of keep an extra eye out as we travel tomorrow. I'm you know, going to be looking around to see if there's anything, you know, be more aware of that, looking for, you know, creatures of the forest and such and the mountains. And just uh, continue to look, I'll just look as I'm waiting and trying to keep myself awake, I'll look through, you know, my bag and, you know, I'm pulling out stuff and look, there's, you know, potion of healing and and things. And I pull out and I, I find the eye of scrying that I used a long time ago and realized I forgot I had it and so oh, I lay that down and I'm digging through and I find this necklace with a pearl in it and that's that was Gozer's at one point in time that I had acquired so I sort of lay that down I'm sort of just thinking about the different things that we've done throughout the adventure um, and I find my journal and I, I sort of scroll through some pages there and and take a few notes and then stick it all back into my bag while I as long, I would make sure nobody else is awake while I do this. That's it. End of the show. Thanks for listening. But before you go, I got a couple other things I want to tell you about. Uh, you can find the Encourageable Party all over the interwebs. You can just go to encourageableparty.com and you can find all the links there. While you're there, check out the Patreon. There's some really cool stuff you could do with the Patreon, like give inspiration to Shaft. Or... You can waste it and give it to one of those other mooks. Even worse, you could give it to Leland. Also, you can get access to mini campaigns and other cool stuff that we do. You're automatically entered into all contests. I mean, it's, it's really a great deal. Uh, the Encourageable Party is sponsored by Critical Hit Design. All ambient sounds and music provided by TabletopAudio.com. Intro and outro music is by Josh Jarvis, and you can email him at jamesmercymusic at gmail.com if you need any music stuff. Okay, that's it. Now you can go. Happy adventuring!